Okay, folks, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla wa anta tajlul hazna. Ita sha'la sahla, Allahumma a'in ala zikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik ya rabbil kareem. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, everybody. Everybody online, everybody local. MashaAllah, we got the gang in. Yani, MashaAllah. MashaAllah, let's see if there's anyone that we need to give a shout-out. Hafiyah, I think we'll give a shout-out to. And Suleiman, back from the dead. Alive, yani, or still bad, huh? A lot of people, yani, affected by the illness. The whole, inshaAllah, may it be a purification for everybody. Alhamdulillah, it's not very serious. And uh, it was well predicted, right? We all said everyone's going to get this kind of horrible little viral infection because they're so weak. And um, just goes to show that the old adage of not getting too clean and separate is something that will help you yani, in the end. All right, so today I want to try and cover quite a bit, actually. I want to do, uh, I'm hoping that we get to quite a, uh, a significant uh, milestone um, for next week. I mean, that's what I'm hoping anyway. So let's see what we are going to uh, do with respect to, where are we now? Um, we are in the Arabic, وَتُقْرَهُ, yeah? Yeah, I think, yeah. وَتُقْرَهُ, write down, that's it, that's it. وَتُقْرَهُ, this last five lines of the Arabic. وَتُقْرَهُ, إِمَامَةِ الْلَحَانِ وَالْفَأْفَاءِ وَالْتَمْتَامِ وَمَنْ لَا, ومن لا يُفْسِحُ بِبَعْضِ الْحُرُوفِ وَإِنْ يَأُمَّ الْأَجْنَبِيَّ فَأَكْثَرْ لَا رَجُلَ مَآهُنْ أَوْ قَوْمًا أَكْثَرُهُمْ يَقْرَهُهُ بِحَقْ وَتَصِحُّ إِمَامُتُ وَلَدِ الزِّنَى وَالْجُنْدِي إِذَا سَلِمَ دِينُهُمَا وَمَنْ يُعَدِّ الصَّلَابِ مَنْ يَقْضِيهَا وَعَكْسُهُ لَا مُفْتَرِضٌ بِمُتَنَفِّلٍ وَلَا مَنْ يُصَلِّ الظَّهْرِ بِمَنْ يُصَلِّ الْعَصْرِ أَوْ غَيْرِهِمَا أَوْ غَيْرِهِمَا The translation of all of that is approximately because I still haven't had the time to do my, my own preferred one but basically it is makruh, it is disliked, okay, for someone to lead the prayer. And this is what we've been doing for the last few weeks, all right? Um, although it's been a few weeks since we've been here, is it three weeks? Two or three weeks. So maybe folks who are, um, who I guess maybe don't know, yeah, it, it, it has actually been a few weeks since we've been in Chiro. Um But basically we have been covering those that have been keeping up with the online lessons. It is disliked. It is makruh, offensive, the right word you want, abominable, whatever word, you know, is your fancy. It is dislike for someone to lead the prayer when he, A, number one, he makes grammatical mistakes. Number two, he stutters uh, on the fa or on the, the fa fa or tam ta or tam tam. It's just that fa 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 ta 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 We spoke about that, yeah. Um, number three, he does not pronounce some of the letters. That's also, uh, uh, he, that was not there in the Arabic, was it? Uh, no, yeah. Okay, yani. He does not, yani, pronounce some of the letters, okay. He leads one or more foreign women, ajnabiyya, unaccompanied by a man, meaning that there's one or more women that you're leading in prayer and there's no other guy in that jama'ah, okay. And number five, the majority dislikes him for a valid reason the majority meaning the followers the audience dislike him meaning the imam for a valid reason it's dislike for him to lead the prayer in that situation as well we continue it is valid for an illegitimate child meaning a child of adultery all right a walid zina or a soldier to lead the prayer providing their religion is sound it is valid for someone this is the humbly position of course all right we'll come to this it is valid for someone making up a prayer to lead someone praying the current prayer. I don't know what that to be led is there for. It is valid for someone making up a prayer to lead someone praying the current prayer and the opposite. It is not valid for someone praying a supererogatory prayer, nafal prayer, to lead someone praying an obligatory prayer. Nor for, one, nor for someone to pray dhuhr behind someone praying asr and other prayers, other prayers like that. Again, humbly position. 
again, humbly, official position. Again, we've actually covered this, I think, in quite a bit of detail. And we're going to obviously revise that point again. We're going to revise this point again because it is a, a useful one. So that's what we're going to be covering uh, today. So where, where do we get to? We've actually done all of these five except the fifth one. Okay, uh, that's 252 in the text. So the Hanabila now, let's just remind us of what's happening. They've put their stall out and they've said these are bad situations. Uh, they don't like any day imama. What have we said? Our class position is that there's no reason or evidence for us to uh, hate their imama. If they are the most qualified, then they lead the prayer. Even if he's got a stutter, even if he doesn't recite properly, even if he's not great in all these kind of things, we're going to let him lead the prayer without any dislike. Without any dislike, because even to say something is disliked requires an evidence. It's not, you know, sometimes we speak, um, you know, like a lot of people ask me questions and I say, I don't like it or I like it, or whatever. You know, by the way, I've just got to say, I've just got to say, I want a bit of a buzz at the moment. Because uh, uh, he, he wanted it done on the sly, on the sly, on the down low. But mashallah, that brother just came in and he accepted Islam a few minutes ago. And that's a buzz, Yanni, whenever that happens. But you know what? It's a buzz when your younger brother gives you da'wah to accept Islam. His younger brother, 15 years old. He's 21. Tell me that's not sick. All right? And Yanni, his younger brother said, let's just do it Yanni, quietly and privately. I said, absolutely. But you know, I'm going to tell my peoples afterwards. Yeah? He goes, you can tell who you want, bro. I said, you sick guy. So his brother gave him dawah. He's 15 years old. And uh, bro, this guy was just like Yanni. He was down. You know, he goes, listen, I'm ready, man. I don't need nothing. I'm, let's, let's get going. I bet you sick guy. So that's a buzz. I've got to just get off my chest so that I can let the buzzness come through. All right. So, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Right, so, uh, so the, uh, our point is, is that sometimes, you know, people ask me a question. Yeah, yeah, that way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, sometimes they ask a question and they say, you know, what do you think about this? And I say, I don't like it, right? Or, I, uh, you know, I think that's okay, right? And uh, generally, uh, scholars and things like that, they say that, and it's very important to differentiate what they're basically preferring from their experience as opposed to a legal statement because I don't like that, I dislike that, yani I hate that, is actually a legal statement. We must never forget that, right? These are the five legal positions, right? That something is haram, something is disliked, which is maquru, something which is allowed, which is permissible, something which is recommended, which is mustahab, and something which is obligatory, which is fard or wajib, yeah? These are five legal states and all of these positions need an evidence to establish their position. So it is important to differentiate between teachers who say that, right? I like this, I don't like this, because that statement is actually quite a common one in scholarly circles because they're taking in more than just the fiqh of the issue. They're often taking into account the social reality, the cultural, often the uh, political, often the political, yeah? Um, so just keep that in mind. So this next one then, this fifth one, uh, where the awqawman, uh, where the people that you're leading, most of them don't like the guy, okay? What's the evidence for it? This hadith, which is a famous one, narrated by Imam Tirmidhi, right? Uh, it's in the footnotes there at the bottom, uh, hadith number 360 in the jamia of Imam Tirmidhi. The hadith, ثَلَاثَةٌ لَا تُجَاوُزُ سَلَاتُهُمْ آذَانَهُمْ العبد الآبق حتى يرجع وامرأة باتت وزوجها عليها ساخت وإمام قوم وهم له كارهون. This is a famous hadith. The translation of which تقريباً is that there are three that there are three people. Their prayer will not go beyond their ears. يعني it's not going to be accepted. That's the meaning of the statement that the prayer will not go beyond their ears. Three people. The first of them is the runaway slave, the slave that goes AWOL. العبد الآبق يعني uh, what's the technical thingy? AWOL, right? You know, runaway slave meaning that you are owned, you are legitimately owned, you are, uh, uh, um, you're meant to basically follow your instructions and basically you run off. What's it? Is that runaway slave? That's it. Isn't there like a, I mean in an army you'd say he's gone AWOL, which is the equal crime. You'd say he's a deserter, which is an equal crime, kind of. Uh, yeah, actually it is equal. But the slave is, yeah, similar. Anyway, we'll go with runaway slave, yeah. 
So the runaway slave until he returns. So that's a big threat. Okay, a runaway slave until he returns. Uh, the woman who spends the night whilst her husband is angry with her. So she's done something, yani, which is unacceptable, of course. Yani, that, that, that there's obviously fiqh behind that as well. And, and the imam of a people who dislike him. The imam of a people who dislike him. This hadith is interesting because Imam At-Tirmidhi himself, who is of course a master of hadith, and I don't just mean that he collects hadith, meaning he is a naqid, uh, uh, you know, he, he is the highest level of uh, uh, muhaddith, able to critique hadith. In his opinion, this hadith is hasan, meaning it's acceptable. And this was also the ruling that was shared by one or two uh, of the scholars. Um, they didn't see it as completely catastrophic in terms of its strength. Ibn Taymiyyah would quote this hadith quite a bit. Ibn Taymiyyah clearly found this hadith acceptable. It's very interesting what Sheikh Uthameen says before we get to the fiqh of it. Yeah? Sheikh Uthameen says um, that this hadith is weak. But if it was authentic, and he knows that there is an argument that it could be made for it to be authentic. But if this hadith was authentic and we were going to go with it full, then legally it means that this prayer has been invalidated by these three actions, which is a very serious statement. For a slave to run away and his prayer not be accepted until he returns, that's massive news. For the woman, and imagine that she is involved in argument X, Y, Z, blah, 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 and uh, 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 angers her husband, prayer not accepted. And the third one is the shocking one because it's very subjective about whether a person has the right to be upset with someone. You know, everybody's upset with someone these days. You know what I mean? So imagine, just because you're the Imam, uh, miskin Lala, yani, you know, uh, you, uh, you are Christian Imam. Huh? Uh, uncle said to him, Christian Imam. So clearly people are upset with my guy. Yeah? I mean, if he's become Christian Imam, that's some khudadi. So it's not difficult to upset people. It's not difficult to upset people. So imagine that, you know, for no reason, You've got this kind of status and your prayer is not accepted. So the hadith is making a big call. Now what he says is very interesting for the students of knowledge. He says, all right, He goes, actually, we find that the fuqaha, even though they acted on this hadith, if they were really taking this hadith as sahih, they've got to take it to its natural conclusion and therefore use this hadith to invalidate the prayer of these three categories of people. However, the fuqaha didn't. They actually made these three categories disliked. So, that their, so their action has led to their prayers being in a makruh state, not an uh, invalid uh, uh, state. Some very nice point. He says, that if there is a hadith which is weak and it is forbidding an act, then the act itself, so let's say there's a hadith and it says don't do this, right? This is haram. Then we find out that the hadith is weak. What we do, what Ibn Muflih, great humbly scholar, although it could be argued hadith is not his, his forte, but this is a legal statement he's about to make. He says that when a hadith is weak, we bring down the prohibition to disliked because a hadith is weak. And likewise, if a hadith is obligating something, and then we find out later that the hadith is weak, we reduce the obligation or the command to recommendation. So the weakness of the evidence brings the legal ruling down each time, from haram to makruh, from wajib to mustahab. This, of course, is amongst a number of opinions of the scholars when it comes to dealing with weak hadith. We've covered that a few times probably in this class, uh, that uh, weak hadith themselves are not pointless, not useless. And the scholars uh, gave them use, right? They said they can be used to scare people. Targheeb wa tarheeb, to encourage people and to scare people. And you can only do that, encourage and scare people in things that they've already been uh, encouraged and scared in. So the three normal conditions that we know, what are the three conditions, folks? That is pretty widespread amongst the scholars and made famous by Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani. What are the three conditions of using a weak hadith to benefit from a weak hadith? What are the three conditions? 
prerequisites before we start to benefit from it. Uh, you know, you know, no, no. Start with the obvious. Start with the obvious. That's what Zafar said. Number one is that the hadith is not very weak, so it can't be. Yeah, any. When we say very weak, we mean that one of the narrators in there is a liar, or that there is a significant uh, error, uh, or is fabricated. Yeah. So that's the first thing. All right. The second is that the area that the hadith uh, is um, uh, speaking about and going to introduce some kind of uh, ruling in cannot be introducing new knowledge. It can only be supplementary. So whatever it's talking about, if we're going to use this weak hadith, number one, you can't be very weak, and number two, you can't be bringing us new information. So if you're telling us, for example, to be careful of something that we should be careful of anyway, we'll take it. And if it's yani, reminding us of a good thing that we know is obligatory for us anyway, then that's a, that's a good thing. So the first condition is, so you see all of this not against Quran and Sunnah, can't go against something authentic. I know many people said that. That comes under the single statement, it can't be very weak. It can't be very weak. And it also falls into the second condition, that it is in line with the Quran and Sunnah. It's in line with something that's already been narrated. So all of you got it right, whether... You know, one way or the other. The third, though. Correct. You need to attribute this in a way that indicates it is weak. So you'll say the statement and say it's a hadith which is weak. Or you'll say that it has been reported. When a person says it has been reported, you are automatically making it clear that we're not going to, you know what I mean, pin our whole life on this kind of narration. You're indicating weakness. Right? So these are the three conditions. So I want you to imagine, this is the position of, of, as I said, Ibn Hajar. It's only his opinion, but the vast majority of scholars accepted this as a kind of a, a working rule in how to work with hadith. So that's why we don't throw the whole corpus of weak hadith away. And we can even argue that some of the top scholars even follow this, even those that have a reputation for being the masters of authentic hadith, like Imam Bukhari himself. And of course, this is the reason why we believe this, because he wrote the book, Al-Adab al-Mufrad, which is full of weak hadith, actually. When I say full, meaning that it's not one or two that are in there. There's a good few. Now, for a person who's very aware of weak hadith and what they are, because he didn't let anything, even half a weak hadith, get into his Jami Sahih, what we call Sahih al-Bukhari, he's very, very aware. He wanted to make a gold pure collection, the platinum collection, the untouchable collection, which is Sahih al-Bukhari. But other than that, he wrote other books and he didn't apply those same standards. So they have more weak hadith in there and he still collected them and used them. And the scholars have pretty much lived by this rule for millennia, right? And that's, that's that. Now what Ibn Muflih is adding is another kind of application of how to use hadith because, because those three conditions, those three conditions, Ibn Hajar introduced that not in, not in, the, in the field of law. He's saying, if you want to use a hadith, which is weak, then they've got to follow these following three conditions. And the only area you can use it in is basic stuff. You can't be putting it into your aqidah, which is creed, which requires absolute certainty, right? And you also shouldn't be using it in law because law will establish legal facts and the like, right? right? So he's kind of saying, you use this in adab. You use this in etiquette and how you behave and, you know, uh, doing good deeds and staying away from haram. You use it in generalities, basically. So that's an important point, right? Now, what Ibn Muflih is saying is something a bit different. Ibn Muflih is saying that we will actually use this in a legal capacity, a weak hadith, but this is the principle that we're going to apply. If it's weak, then the rule that is stating we're going to not consider it to be a command, but rather a weaker kind of recommendation and a prohibition we're going to also bring down. So that's the interesting uh, kind of comparison between the two. So Sheikh Uthameen says, so if it is for prohibiting, then we will bring it to uh, dislike. But the condition is that it cannot be a da'af al-shadid. Yeah? That it can't be very bad, very heavy uh, weakness. Um, so 
Uh, so Sheikh says that to, to be on the safe side is good to take this middle path and not uh, write off the prayer of such a person. Sheikh says that our author has told us that it's got to be the majority of the people. It can't be just some kind of minority renegade. It's got to be the majority so to, you know, to make sure that we don't have any single people with grudges. So that obviously helps. The next thing, of course, is what about, uh, you know, what if they're, they're, what if they're just together on falsehood? Well, that's why he said, Bihaq, it's got to have a rightful reason, a true reason uh, to, to, you know, to call this guy out. It can't be just, you know, you know, he's an ugly guy or something, or I don't know, whatever. Something any which is illegitimate, right? If a person, for example, is following the Quran and Sunnah and turning, you know, for example, turning around and saying to them, uh, uh, you need to fill the gaps more, uh, make some space, you with the chair, come closer, don't stand at the back bring it to the front. He's telling them to do things which are correct and right. And they're like, you know, this guy is just a pain every time yeah, and he's turning around and giving us a headache, whatever, whatnot. Then it doesn't matter if it's all of them, they are to be ignored. Because actually his being hated is because of establishing the Quran and Sunnah and not yeah, something else. However, the overriding point is what? Even if we don't like him, we should pray behind him. Even if we don't like him, we should pray behind him. And I just want to say that, and Sheikh Uthameen makes this point, he goes that, and if the, you're, you're that imam, and you realize that this situation is happening, then you should try your utmost to give da'wah to these folks, and to lower your shoulder, and get the people on board, because to bring the hearts together is an obligation in Islam. It's like an objective that you want to try and achieve, just generally in the community, specifically, of course, in smaller, more, uh, more, uh, what's the word? Um... Smaller, smaller gatherings which have importance. And the masjid's gathering, it has a very important one. Those are the cream of the crop. Those are the practicing people in a community. They're the elders of the community. They're the ones of influence. They're the, so these people are to be taken more seriously than just the general masses. So the imam should make some effort. And, you know, uh, 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 you know be easy upon the people, but of course to an extent. And we spoke about that a couple of months ago, uh, how difficult it is to be an imam. Every, nobody's going to be happy with you. You're always going to have haters and you have to kind of, you know, reach the balance one way or the, um, uh, one way or the other. All right. And by the way, uh, this point uh, that Sheikh Uthameen makes, that he's got to make the effort. He's got to make the effort to bring the hearts together because it is not good. As I said to you, some scholars accepted this hadith. They said it's Hassan and this hadith is authentic. And therefore, you can't be a person that... And we are in that era where, you know, this whole kind of Nike, just do it, go and be who you want to be. You know, whatever haters, haters going to hate. And, you know, this, we're in that era now where people are automatically thinking that you can go and do what you want. It doesn't matter what other people think. This is unacceptable, right? This idea that um, I'm going to go and just be me. This is not the same as, for example, I'm going to practice Islam or I'm going to wear my hijab or I'm going to grow my beard, which are oblig obligations upon the Muslims. We're talking about people who do something silly or do something wrong and they get called out for it and they just say, no, you know, uh, 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 I don't need to make effort. I don't need to, I don't need to convince you. I don't need to change your mind. No, you do. You do. If you're doing something which is questionable or being called out by people, or that there's a concern, you do need to listen. It's obligatory upon you to listen, and it's obligatory upon you to clarify. And we're, I'm finding that more and more. I'm finding that more and more, not just amongst the people who are not practicing, but, but practicing people as well, who become defensive when you call them out over an issue and think that they don't need to clarify their position. You do. The public have a right, your family have a right, your inner circles that you're speaking to on an issue, they have a right for you to clarify. The Prophet ﷺ, when he sensed that people didn't, uh, uh, not that didn't, no, nobody ever disliked the Prophet ﷺ, ever, but there was a moment, of course, where they were not sure what they were seeing from the Prophet ﷺ when he was walking with a woman in the dark. Turned out to be his wife, and the companions, not for one second, thought there was anything else. But what they did do was to kind of panic, and they kind of turned around very quickly, like, you know what? We don't want to put you in an awkward situation. We didn't even see what just happened. And he's like, no, 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 no. And he goes out of his way to grab them and say, listen, just chill. This is my wife. They said, ya Rasulullah, we didn't. No, no, you just should know that. Meaning that it's required for people to clarify and to 
uh, explain. All right, uh, this idea that uh, I might you understand what I'm saying, right? People are like seem to be just happy. No, I'm upon the truth, and it doesn't matter. If, uh, if, you know, I don't need to care about other people's opinions. You do need to care about other people's opinions. Yeah. Yes. You mean in a university prayer hall where people are coming together following different yeah. madhabs? Yeah. So the question is basically, you know, some, some you know, people will be like Hanafis and say, well, we'll pray later and uh, we're not going to pray with the Jama'ah and things like that. And the, 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 the one thing I was going to say is that this for us is a sensitive issue. Forget you, even your question. Just generally the concept of unity and, and uh, especially um, not making the issue of not liking a person too big, Right. And reducing that is actually an identity point for us. I've, I've spoken about this before. It's the hallmark of Ahlul Sunnah that we pray behind the people of innovation. Let alone the people who we don't like. Let alone the people who are pain in the backside. Let alone. It's our hallmark. Why? Because it's the hallmark of the people of Bid'ah to abandon congregations. It's a hallmark and an identifying characteristic of the people who are against the Sunnah to not pray behind an imam, pray separately, pray later, reject the prayer of that guy, talk about that guy. That is the hallmark of the Shia, for example, which is why their name uh, uh, stems from uh, being uh, a sect, right? Uh, 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 that they have branched off, that they have gone away from the uh, Jama'ah. And so whenever we come across these kind of issues, we, whilst they will be looking for reasons to not pray behind someone, Ahlul Sunnah are the opposite. We're looking for reasons to pray behind someone. We're just hoping that we can justify a person's prayer. And so the example in a university situation is we would look at the numbers and if we saw like, you know, that there was a significant kind of number of Hanafis that are, you know, not really uh, uh, wanting to, uh, you know, to play, then we would consider, because of their number, to delay the prayer a little bit, okay? But not a significant amount. The idea of how far should you go is a, is a subjective one. There's no right answer, right? In my opinion, in my opinion, the Hanafis are the most... Uh, 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 I forgot, intolerant, intolerant or intolerant? Intolerant. You know, my ins and uns have gone, by the way. Yeah? Intolerant people on this planet, right? And everybody else from all the other madahib are the most tolerant. They are the ones that will not uh, 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 cede any position, right? They insist upon everything going their way. And it's fascinating. It's fascinating to observe like and try to determine the reasons why right if you think about it right if you step back instead of just getting angry about it just thinking why is it because they've always seen themselves as the majority right and they think that they've therefore got you know the numbers in power or well, certain lot of areas that's the case they are they've been the dominant people is it because they are the first adopters certainly in a lot of places around the world they're the ones that got out first and established the communities okay Muslim kind of communities, whatever, whatnot. Is it because they're the most ignorant, meaning of their religion as a, uh, or, or as, a, as a whole? Like if you were to say, if you look at the Madahib, like the Malikis as a group of people, and of course it's very lazy to do this because nothing, no one's homogenous in that kind of way, but generally, very generally, stereotypically speaking, if you were to look at the Shafi'is, they're mostly Arabs, you know, putting aside the massive Malaysian uh, kind of uh, contingency, but they're mostly Arabs. And you look at the uh, Hanabila, mostly Arabs. And whenever you think of the Arab, we've got that stereotypical idea that because they know Arabic, they know a bit more, or they're a bit more invested in their religion, or they know the Quran better. I don't think that's a 
incorrect stereotype. I think that that is still standing true that they know more. When you think of Pakistan, they're very ritualistic. They don't, they don't hardly know anything about the religion, let alone the Arabic. And so therefore, when you're in that scenario, then you go into defensive mode. When you go into a defensive mode because you don't know how to connect with a deeper level of your religion, then you start to basically become more ritualistic. When your religion is very ritualistic at a creed level and a practice level, then everything else is a threat. Everything else is a threat because I don't, I don't understand the parameters or whatever, and so you just kind of lock down. For me, this last one is the most understandable. I don't know what your thoughts are. What about the fact that they're possibly most vocal as well? That you hear more, more people saying, yeah, I'm Hanafi, I'm Hanafi. You, you'd often hear it. And that, and that leads to what? That leads to you believing what, though? What's the significance of everyone saying, I'm Hanafi? Gives you that kind of confidence that confidence nobody else yeah, Shani, should we're, be we're, we're, we shouldn't be changing you yeah. should be changing which is why it's a defensive uh, uh, mechanism yeah I would argue that yeah, I mean obviously uh, we I mean, we don't, most of us don't come from those other households, but I've seen enough over the years to be able to make this judgment. But no, I don't think those that come from a Maliki, Shafi'i, or even Arab uh, background, yeah, that they have to be so defensive. So it comes back down again to the defensive position because of lack of knowledge. Yeah, but then the fear of, well, I don't know if this is incorrect, but I definitely know that this is correct. Yeah, 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 the fear factor, yeah. Not so much intolerance, but just I don't want to fall into the wrong. Right, yeah, yeah, and, and which comes across to us as just intolerant or stubborn. They're not willing to change their position or whatever, yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, that expression of their Islam through that rigid kind of ritualistic thing is definitely the, a comfort zone. And you don't want to come out of your comfort zone. And it causes confusion. I mean, who knows? But, but you know, uh, 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 like I said, that's something. Now, uh, uh, the reason I say this is because um, when I think of every community that I've lived in or been part of, it's always us, the majority, in terms of even number, let alone the madahib and legal positions, always ceding to the ahnaf, always delaying, always pushing back, always yani, whatever, telling people don't make too much X, Y, Z. And at some point, you've got to ask yourself, when does it stop? Does it stop when the numeric number changes? Like this much is a very imp uh, interesting example, right? Because for the longest time, right, uh, certainly the first 10 years, right? It was just a Hanafi kind of community, the majority of uncles with a few, you know, uh, whatever. And over the next 10 years, um, this masjid is run completely as a Hanafi mosque, by the way, right? Yeah, but what if I now put to you that now a masjid like this one, which as I said, is for all intents and purposes, even though the trustees are not Hanafis, the imam is not Hanafi, the main teachers are not Hanafi, but because we don't want to rock the boat and you know the elders are just the, the elders, right? And so we let them. And now the irony is that there are more elders now that are not Hanafi and the congregation is now numerically not Hanafi. <laughs> These guys have been trying for eight rakah for how long? And they had to get COVID in, yani, basically, to change that. That's what kind of levels of, of, of intervention are needed, right? To de-Hanafize the Hanafis, right? I mean, I, I like 20 myself, but, you know, I don't know, man. It's, a, it's an interesting one. So to go back to the point, right? This is not an easy question that you're asking, right? What do we do to keep the unity? How far do we go? You go as far 
as you possibly can. It gets sensitive in certain areas. Delaying the prayer is a sensitive one. Why? Because we have a very authentic, clear hadith about that. They came to the Prophet ﷺ and they said that the rulers are delaying the prayer from its time. Right? So praying still in the right time, but praying it very late because it suited them. So the Prophet ﷺ told them, pray on the right time and then pray again with them. Right? So what we learn that the prayer is not to be messed about with. You shouldn't delay it unnecessarily. It is meant to be prayed as soon as possible. But unity is that important that you're going to actually knock in another one, uh, nafal, to calm the situation, to not yani show. So this is a delicate one. Yeah. Like, why would that be the case for Maghrib? Right. But what's the application of the Hanafi thing here? I mean, if a Jama'at's already done, and everybody agrees that the time is limited anyway. Oh, about who's leading and not leading. Oh, raw sick. But <laughs> they're gangsters, you see. That's a problem. Hanfis are gangsters, bro. They're not interested in playing. Not the Hanafis. <laughs> Shut up. No way. No way. No way was the non-Hanafi saying we're not praying behind the Hanafis. No, man, what kind of people are those, man? Yeah. Wobblers. Of course you can. Why not? Um, Hamza is saying, um, yeah, and no, but you see, Salma, the problem with that, Salma is saying that, you know, that it's a counter reaction to, uh, you know, how harsh people were. That's not the case. There's no doubt that that point is true. But this was happening way before any vocal Salafis, right? This has been the case for donkey's years. And our parents didn't even know what bloody Salafis were when they were sticking to these things and. Not moving or caring. What the hell is a Salafi? Right, yeah, go on. So in the UK, so, so this is one of the reasons why when we, when we compare the UK with the US, it's very, uh, you've got to have a completely different mindset. Because the US does not have a dominant ethnic yeah, reality. And that's why it's a melting pot. And their masajids really are melting pots, right? Whereas here they're not. They're very homogen homogenous to Pax ethnic. That's what, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I believe that it, it is multidimensional. It's not just one factor. And numbers plays a very important part. And I, I also put to you, a lot of the time, when we're conceding as the others, we are also conceding to the people that put all the effort in. Like some level of acceptance that these lot deserve it. They set these the things up, preserve the, the deen. Well, if you compare the madhahib in terms of who's locked it down, there's no one that compares to the Hanafis. I think it's more, that's it's more culture. culture. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And that's why the knowledge point comes to the, uh, 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 to the forefront. I wonder if it was also due to the Hanafi Madhav, Hamza saying, seem to differ more compared to the others, which generally seem more close in agreement with each other. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. The Hanafi schools kind of generally stick, they kind of keep it quite, quite tight. Um, uh, Allah knows best. All right. What my intentions were and what's going to happen now, impossible. And I thought we we're going to do this, that, whatever. All right. So, That the leading of the prayer is correct and valid of these two categories of people, the child of adultery and a jundi. So the child of adultery, basically, as Sheikh Uthameen says, that... Um, it's a child that basically is uh, bastardized, basically, right? Um, not a, a child of a valid marriage nikah, all right? Either two unmarried folks or the lady is, or, 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 or the man or the woman is married 
and in a uh, adulterous relationship. Okay, that's what the walad zina is, um, and because that, and because of course, to have uh, you know a legal father, a legal father is absolutely yeah, fundamental in identity, in lineage, and 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 and. So that's yeah, uh, 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 there's no doubt that it's looked down upon to be, which I think is every society. I don't need to explain that you know a child that's a child of adultery is always looked down upon. So they're saying that this is, um, it's, uh, it is correct that their prayer is uh, valid as an imam, as long as their deen is good. We'll say, we'll say that this condition, or putting the condition that their deen is good, is indicating that their deen is bad as a default. And I don't accept that. As a, there's, and there's no evidence to believe that either. Yani, a child of zina can be as bad as a child of normal parents, okay? a fully legal child, and there's no reason to believe that that haramness is flowing yani, through. Okay? In identity, of course, that's something else. But in behavior, actions, and accountability, there's no evidence uh, for that. Okay? There's no evidence for that. And uh, anyway, anyway, uh, Sheikh says that regardless, his prayer is going to be valid, his leadership is going to be valid because the Prophet ﷺ said, Let a people be led by that, by that person who is most knowledgeable or most versed in the book of Allah. And if that's a walid zina, then so be it. End of story. Jundi, the soldier, the soldier is mentioned here as well. You might be thinking, <laughs> where did he come from? Right? Being compared to thing is you so you tell me why why is he in this comparative list? Why? Of the opposition of who? I hope not, bro. What kind of faith, love, unity is that, Bakwas, bro? Listen, let's put the let's let's put the arms down, and you want to just lead us in prayer, and then we go back at it. Ras, bro. Come on, man. What do you think? Why has our author basically thrown all the soldiers under the bus by putting them next to Walad Zina? Putting them next to an adulterous child. Adulterous child? A child from adultery. Adulterous child, can you imagine? What do we think? It's not actually that deep, by the way. Therefore, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think that's good enough. Basically, uh, 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 soldiers and police in general are like low lives of society. In general, the idea that we—if you think—we've <laughs> got to be careful, yeah. I was having a conversation today with someone right who's stuck in the middle of nowhere in Egypt right I really should be careful actually I'm going this soon let's forget that all right let's, let's, let's not give that no no I'm not going to tell you actually but yeah what I'm trying to say is that um, uh, uh, when you say the word soldier and all I've got is this Egyptian examples in my head I don't know how to explain this point without yani, cutting my own legs off but I you know this idea that people are patriotic to their army it's a lie. People are doing it because they're forced to. Huh? No, they're not. You see that? You say that, right? No, no, no. You said it. Pakis are, yeah? We always think of, you know, our army as it, as it is, you know, blah, 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 blah. So deep down, everybody hates them. They know they're the most corrupt organization. They take all of the money. They take all of the things. See, I don't mind yeah, speaking about Pakis. What are they going to bloody do to me? They haven't done to me already. So take the Pakis, for example. They are more powerful than the president, more powerful than the political class, more powerful than all of the rich folks. They run the, they're the ones who run the country. And that's the same in every country. That's the same everywhere around the world. People fear them. People hate them. And it's the exception that you find. A, that's why people get so excited and happy when you see like a, a practicing uh, policeman or a practicing uh, soldier. He's the exception. People are like, oh my God, he's a soldier and he's a thingy and he's all right. 
the asal, the asal in life, and I don't mean fiqh, I mean now, if you think about it, it's the, it's the case because they are mostly going to be doing zulm. You ask all the paki ta- taxi drivers in a certain country, right? I mean, what they think of the copper who's there telling them, move, get out, this, that, whatever, whatnot. You ask certain ethnicities when they go to a certain part of the world, yani, you know, right? About what they think about all of the coppers and the soldiers there. You're not living in dreamland if you think people actually genuinely respect and love their armed forces and whatever. Of course, you know, there may be hairy heroes amongst them. Of course, there's exceptions. But in principle, the, so I just, I'm just here to explain why is Jundi in this same sentence. Because the expectation is that these are people who are enforcing zulm, as you said, on behalf of the orders of the uh, sultan, the dictator. And they are the arm of that dictator. And they're therefore, people hate them. And so therefore, they're in their eyes, they're not worthy or trusted or whatever. They're seen suspiciously. So all of the negativity that would be around a person that comes from bad family and acts in a bad way and because his parents are X, Y, Z, because they're not legal parents and you might look down upon a person, people will look down upon a soldier, be suspicious, think that they could be X, Y, Z. That's where it's, uh, that's where it's, coming, uh, that's where it's coming from. Yeah, so, 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 so what are we saying? From a fiqh point of view, the Hanabila are saying that it's makruh. It is not, sorry, it, that it, that it is valid to, to be led by uh, such a people as long as their deen is right, as long as they're righteous. We're just going a little bit further, the class position, which is that actually they don't need to prove their deen any more than anybody else. The asal of this is that even though, yes, they've got a bad rep and yes, Historically, they've been X, Y, Z. For us, it, 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 you know, nobody bears the, 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 the sin of another person. Everybody comes you know, on a straight level. And if they're proven afterwards to be a, a scoundrel, a rat, a fraud, a zalim, then they're treated like they are. But until that's been proven, we take it as it is. Yeah. Yeah, the only problem with Hajjaj is that he was, never was a soldier. He was always at the top of the tree. You know, it's difficult to use Hajjaj as an example because he was always a lieutenant. He was always the vice until he became Yanid, the big man himself. So, yeah. Anyway, um, and Sheikh says something Yanid, uh, uh, nice, actually. Uh, he says that, um, that there's no reason for us to dislike that a person or the soldier uh, or whatever because if we start going down this line, then everyone who has some kind of authority should be then put in the same category. Everyone. Even the teacher in his classroom. There will be some people that will see the teacher as doing zulm, right? So, and people, some people will hate him. And there will be another a, a, a section in the class that will think that, you know, he's lenient or you're a favorite student. And they show riqh, you know, he's close to them, right? So therefore... Uh, so, he, so he says, everyone who's in a position of wilaya, of, 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 of power, is exposed to being either going the wrong way or the right way. They've got to take responsibility for them. We can't just write them off as a class. You got what I'm saying? That's what, that's what, he, uh, uh, that's what he says. Um, yeah, we're not going to go to where I wanted to, so let's just carry on. Um, who else uh, 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 the, the prayer is valid from? That the one who is making ada of salah behind the one who is making qada. Okay? And vice versa. So there are three types of way that you can pray. Right? There are three types of way that you can pray. And, and uh, obviously, um, fiqh salah has now uh, been released. That was the big thing that we was keeping yani, on, the, uh, on, the, on the download. But now it's out. Obviously, um, it is the entirety of what we're covering. Obviously, we're focusing on just a small portion. But um, the reason I mentioned that fiqh salah right now is because things like this are part of a complete salah course, right? So you'll find that uh, released by Al-Maghrib. Now, in there, I remember explaining this point. There are three ways to pray, all right? Ada, I'ada, and qada. 
All right, what packs called qaza. Yeah, so ada, i'ada, and qada. Ada is to pray the prayer once in its right time. That's what ada is. That's called to perform the prayer. Ada, like namaz adakaru, right? Ada, same kind of concept. Yep, fulfill it properly. When you make ada, that means you prayed it correctly in its correct time once. I'ada means to repeat the prayer a second time in its correct time. So a person might repeat it because he wants to do it again with somebody else, like the hadith of Mu'adh in Isha, prayed with the Prophet ﷺ, then went to his people, led them again. His second one is I'ada, a repeat. So the first one is to perform it correctly. The second is called repeat. And the third, qada is to offer the prayer correctly after its time. So you're offering it once and proper, but after its time. And that can be either legitimate or illegitimate. So for example, if you oversleep whilst you put on the alarms, you tried your best. By the way, I saw a screenshot today of Apple and it had uh, alarm uh, four names. And it said this person's awake, that person's awake, that person's awake, and the last one is not awake. Is that true? Is that part of the new iOS? No? Nobody else saw that? Huh? No, I mean, there are apps out there that I remember seeing the thingy, and uh, there are other apps that do it, but I want to know, is it native to iOS? No, no, Apple freaks, gone are the days. You know, this class used to be a, you know, used to be something back in the day. And Android is basically, people become poor, basically. <laughs> yeah, tramps like the Android tramps, that's what they've become. What's the new one? S27. What are we on now? <laughs> people hate on, you know what it is? It's astonishing that people hate on Apple's numbering to 14 when Samsung are like on 36 or something. Like nobody even remembers. Pixel 7 was easy. <laughs> Honestly. So, no. Anyway, so the, the alarm system, it indicates that everybody's connected via the thingy. And when you look at your phone, you can work out who's basically snoozed their alarm and who's awake. Which is sick, really. I mean, from a group chat point of view, family group, to wake people up for Fajr, I mean, that's pretty good, right? Anyway. Um, why are we talking about that? Oh, Qadha, yeah. So, um, if you had put your alarms on and you fall asleep, Sorry, you're asleep and you don't wake up, and then you wake up, your prayer is going to be qada. It's an hour past sunrise. You're going to pray now. It's, it's uh, still a valid prayer, right? Because you're following the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, that when a person oversleeps, then let him pray as soon as he wakes up or he remembers it. So a person has a complete blackout, thinks that they've prayed, and then suddenly they realize an hour after it's finished, that, oh my God, I didn't pray Asr. How on earth did I miss that? Genuine, everybody knows when the genuine example is that. That prayer is called Qadha, right? It's never done intentionally. That's the condition of Qadha. The illegitimate Qadha is yani, doing it intentionally or out of negligence. So intentionally is a person basically saying, you know, my Qaprepalit, you know that Bakwas, yeah? I'm at work and my Qaprepalit and this, this Jaga is Palit and you, you, you fish your, your Palit, yeah? So, you know, you see that so much. And they make that decision that I'm going to go home, I'm going to pray Qaza, Zuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha, all one shot. Huh? Because they use the urinals. Whipped. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Allahu Akbar. I always said you're upon Fitrah, Shazad Salim. Since eight years old, he never used a urinal. Yeah, and he and that's a guy's upon fitra. I remember when I was a young kid, like eight, ten years old. I remember all of this background. No, no, listen. If you're ten, well, you're losing your points here, bro. <laughs> Make your mind up. Is it eight or ten? This is important. Don't be claiming fake. Beats, whipped and beats. Khalas, I'm down. I'm down. That's why the police, yeah. Yeah, that's why the police. Oh my. Ras. Right, well that's it, Shaz has spoken, end of story Game over So, that's intentional Negligence is a person not putting the alarm on 
right? Negligence is like knowing that if I stay awake, watch this film, X, Y, Z, I'm not going to wake up for Fajr. Haram for you to watch that film. Haram for what happens to your prayer afterwards. That's qada after the time which is not forgiven. Meaning it's haram. I mean, it's sinned. So that's what qada is. Okay? All right. So what does uh, the Imam, what does, uh, Imam al-Hijawi say? He says that the, uh, the, the, the leading of man yu'addi salah biman yaqdiha so he gives both scenarios here. The one who's praying the prayer on time, he's the imam. And the one who is behind, the ma'moom, he's the one who's making up the prayer that this imama situation is correct. He gives an example. He says, That the people are all praying dhuhr and he walks in and Right, so this guy walks in and they're praying dhuhr and as soon as he stands, he realizes that he didn't pray dhuhr yesterday. He didn't pray dhuhr yesterday. Whatever the reason, doesn't matter. So now he's got to pray the dhuhr of yesterday before he prays the dhuhr of today. There's no doubt about that. And so what our author is telling, according to the Hanabila, is that he now will make the intention for the dhuhr of yesterday behind the people who are paying the dhuhr of today. That's the example when it's that way around. Um, and then the opposite as well. So for example, that guy, he's the imam, the one who's praying yesterday's one, and the people behind him are praying today's ones. They might put him forward as an imam, whatever the reason was, but that's also permissible. That's also permissible. Okay? Um, now, is this something which is uh, agreed upon? No, it's not. And... Uh, the, in actual fact it can be argued that the majority do not accept this and we're going to go through all of these evidences individually the real question is, is that do I do that, do that now or do I do that next week next week huh yeah I think so I think uh, so that's just delighted yeah, by a one hour lesson and yeah, you type Mesa, Mesa hasn't even said a single thing. Why are you blaming Mesa for? Right, who's got questions, folks? Who's got questions? Yes, go ahead. You have a gift from Algeria? Okay. How is that from Algeria, by the way? Yes, so that's from around the corner, bro. Oh, one second, one second. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's some politics here. Look at these kids. They're like, we hit the jackpot. We came the right week. Right, ladies and gentlemen, this is a serious moment. Okay, folks, we have some... There, there's some... Oh, he came with... That's enough to cut it. Okay, that's fine. Okay, oh my God. It's an absolute beast. All right. So there's something that's on this cake that needs to be... Oh, you absolute flipping fish. This girl, she wants war, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a guy. Look at this. See? This is... So first of all, this is from... I just want to say... Unbelievable. Yeah, the best Sharon, you know, she's taking the whole game to a different level. She wants war, bro. No, the question is, the question is, basically, I just want you to know, there's someone. I just want to say, I want to say that there is a lady out there who's gone beyond the red line. You know, gone beyond red line. And she's gone to war. She's declared war, basically, upon me. Yeah. Uh? She doesn't realize that, listen, when you come at the king, you best not miss. I'm telling you with that, okay, right? How does she even know that I'm going to give her satisfaction? Because there's a single person here that knows what's happening. Online, then nobody knows what's happening. She's paid all of this money. I'm paying Jack Squat. I'll tell you right now. She wants us to... There's something that's basically on this cake right now. 
That's going to make her very, very happy. Well, guess what? Guess what? We're eating the cake. We're eating the cake. And what is she going to do about it? What is she going to do about it? What is she going to do about it? Nobody's seeing what's on the thingy. That's it. I just had the something yeah, just in case someone had yeah, posted a picture or something. Listen, the question is, is that you want me to do my bestie or not? You just want cake. I'm just going to do a little bit of knife work. Right? Uh -huh. uh, she's attacking me. That's what she's doing. Now the question is, is that do you guys want to see... What she's attacking with, or let's do you just want cake? I just want cake. I just want cake. So if you just want cake, I'll give you cake. I'm gonna get, uh, I'll get the knife. This is breaking amana. Fully. No, but I also like the, but I also, we gave her permission. We gave her access to a private situation in a thingy. And what she did is then take it to, she went from zero to a hundred. But I also want to say, if I show it, then that gives me permission to do what needs to be done. If I show it, then what happens? Have you seen it, by the way? Yeah, I think you. <laughs> <laughs> she, I no, it's not. No, no, I trust her 100%, bro. She ain't a skank like her. Oh, I'll delete that immediately. Yeah. Huh? Same on the other one. All right, you know what it is? I'm a man of the people and I'll prove it right now. I'll prove it right now. With that, has, she doesn't care about you. She doesn't care about you eating cake. She doesn't care one little bit. She only wanted to humiliate me. All right? So now I ask you guys, do you want her plan to be executed or not? So if you say yes, put your hands up. That's amazing. There's not a single man with their hands up here, by the way. And, and so none of the sisters either. So Widad has lost fully. Widad, I want you to know, by the way, online. Okay. All right. Because, because there was a complete and utter yani loss, I don't mind showing you now, okay? This is what, it's the same one, it's the same thing, but it's all going to fall if we do it. Yeah, he's, he, he, you know what he did? He thought in case that she lets her down with a double yani. Yeah. 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 <laughs> did you hear what he said? He goes, I don't know what it is. That's basically it. That's what it is. You see, I want. Abu Dhar found it hilarious. Here, huh? No, 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 it's okay. It's okay. I want you to know that what did you think that you were going to achieve, Yani, by this? That's the real question. What was going to be achieved? This handsome young fellow. Well, I'm not I'm ashamed of it. That's okay, they're the ones that we're going to eat, don't we? So there you go. She was able to get hold of this uh, 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 photo by illegal means. <laughs> and this is the extent of her thingy. I would say that she failed. Not only, how did she not fail? How did she not fail? Not only did she fail, but oh my God, how she has opened herself up for the game to be over in the next few weeks. That's it. It's end the story. And was it worth it is the question. 
That's what Wadadna has to sleep and think about for the next few weeks. Was it really worth it as we stuff ourselves now? Huh? I'll let you guys be the judge of that. Solange, may Allah bless her. Who is that? She still doesn't understand what's going on. All right. All right. We're going to have cake, folks. All right. No questions. We're good. Everything done. Khalas. We can end that on that note. Uh, you can, why don't you, we'll do this part because there seems to be twice as many sisters as thingy. And Zakumullah uh, Khair, Subhanakallahumma bihamdik, Ashhadu Allah ilaha antu astaghfirukallahumma ajwil. What a complete and utter waste of money. Unbelievable. I'm going to eat that with such yani maza, it's untrue. All right, folks, yallah. What a waste of 10 minutes. We're going to blame Wudad for that. Wudad lost, and now she's going to get done over. Yallah, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.